Welcome to episode three of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the aviation maintenance industry, a raw and unscripted look. I am your host, Brian Wheels. Uh, this episode, we answer the listeners' questions. Uh, many of you have emailed me already uh, several questions, and I am going to answer them during this podcast, and uh, that is solely what this podcast will be about, is you, the listener, and your questions. Uh, you'll have to forgive me, I'm a little under the weather, and uh, you could probably tell my voice is a little more coarse, and uh, <laughs> not uh, not as cheery as uh, usual, but I do very much enjoy you uh, spending time on your day to join this podcast, so let's get right at it after this. dive right into it. Emails from the viewers or listeners. This first one comes from James from Michigan. James asks, you sounded quite uncensored on your last podcast. Why? James, I I assume you're referring to my cursing during episode two. James, I'm, I'm very passionate about aircraft maintenance. I'm very passionate about the work I perform on air on aircraft and it upsets me greatly when I see people who don't abide by the same principles the same morals and ethics and it's scary it's it's disheartening it's scary because you know unfortunately some of these knuckleheads are out there working on aircraft the very planes that you your loved ones fly on and that uh, that upsets me you know, when I was a manager, when I was a supervisor, even when I was a lead, when those type of behaviors were brought to my attention, I nipped it in the bud. I fired people over performing illegal maintenance, pencil whipping. I've I've gotten rid of people before that. So, unfortunately, when I get really worked up and passionate, occasionally I will I will curse. Episode 2, if you recall, was about my experiences through A&P school, what other people might experience going to A&P school, what you should think about before you go to A&P school. Also, we discussed you know, your first aviation job, my first aviation job, how you know things I experienced, things that you might experience, etc. So to wrap it up, James, you know, I, I was just very passionate about what I was talking about and if it happened to rub you the wrong way then my apologies but this is a raw and uncensored podcast in which it comes straight from the heart straight from my experiences observations next question comes from Kelly B from Virginia Kelly B writes is air travel really safe that's a great question, Kelly B. So I did some research and I found an article written by a Dr. Barnett of MIT. It's an older article, but it, it, it still, uh, it's still valid. He writes, in 1990, 500 million airline passengers were transported an average distance of 800 miles through more than 7 million takeoffs and landings in all types of weather. This resulted in the loss of only 39 lives. Let me read that again. 
1990, 500 million airline passengers were transported an average distance of 800 miles through more than 7 million takeoffs and landings in all types of weather. This resulted in the loss of only 39 lives. He continues on that during the same year, the NTSB, the reports show that over 46,000 people were killed in auto accidents. So what this means, Kelly, you had a 727, okay, a Boeing 727 that was completely sold out, had no seats left, okay? That would have to crash every day of the week with no survivors to equal the highway deaths per year in the U.S. Furthermore, Dr. Barnett compared the chance of dying from an airline accident versus a driving accident after accounting for the greater number of people who drive each day. So can you guess what he found? He found that you're 19 times safer in a plane than a car. That is, every single time you step on a plane, no matter how many times you fly, you are 19 times less likely to die than in your car. So yes, airline travel is safe. Kelly B. also had a follow-up email that she sent me. And it goes, she writes, uh, in addition to my previous email, how likely, or in addition to my previous email, how likely are we safe from mechanical accidents? Okay. So I, I, mechanical accidents or accidents caused by mechanics, I'm not certain, Kelly B., what she meant. So please feel free to elaborate, email me back, let me know. But both examples. So since 1955 onwards, okay, uh, fatality accidents in aviation, 27% of those, okay, were due to fault of a mechanic. 42% of those was due to mechanical failure. That is something mechanically failing on the aircraft that wasn't a result of a maintenance issue caused by a mechanic. Now, 27% was caused by the direct actions behavior of a mechanic. Now, the unfortunate thing about aviation is that where we have come and the sense of safety has resulted from aviation accidents and crashes. That is, we aviation has evolved as far as safety based upon the results and findings of accidents prior. Are there still knucklehead mechanics out there in the industry? Absolutely. I've come across several of them. When I was in an opportunity or a position to enact change, such as a manager or a supervisor, when that type of behavior was brought to my attention, I, I certainly dealt with it. And I have fired people over performing illegal maintenance on aircraft or pencil whipping paperwork. Uh, I've gotten rid of people for that. They're out there. But you're still 19 times less likely to die than in your car. So yes, relatively safe air travel is. Mechanical failures do occur in aircraft, but aircraft are built to a standard of safety now that, I mean, just, just several months ago, we had a departed Denver International Airport that uh, had an engine failure on the number two, which was the right engine, and it returned safely to the airport. It did eject debris down 
on the on folks below, but no one was injured or killed. So yes, it, 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 mechanical failures do occur. Next question. This comes from Bishop from Denver. Bishop from Denver. He says, how experienced are the mechanics working on my plane? Question mark. That is a good uh, question, Bishop. How experienced are the mechanics working on your plane? That depends on the company that is employing the mechanics. If it's the, it could be the mechanics employed by the airline themselves or mechanics um, that are, are vendor maintenance that air, airlines pay to go to their gate calls. You'll see that at airports where there's not a heavy presence from that airline, they will hire vendor maintenance, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the quality is any less. You know, and this also goes back to my last episode podcast where I discussed my feelings on a new mechanic starting out in the hangar versus a new mechanic starting on the line. I feel that mechanics should go to the hangar first and spend some time there before going to the line environment. The aircraft that are going through heavy check or whatnot in a hangar at an MRO, they're not creating revenue. Okay, The aircraft that are at the gate, the aircraft that you're sitting at on the gate, right, that is broken, that's a revenue flight. It's important to get that fixed. So urgency is important. The technical ability, knowledge, and experience of the mechanic is important. But it's hard to say how experienced are the mechanics working on your plane. That depends on who's providing the maintenance. That depends on the experience of the mechanics. It's just a tough question to answer. So going on to the next question comes from Greg from Ohio. His question is, What's with the bias against GA? And what he means is general aviation. Uh, Greg, that's a, a good question. I, I don't have a bias against general aviation. I think this stems from my first episode, uh, which was the pilot episode, uh, the introductory episode, which I was explaining. We, I had a power plant instructor at A&P school who had a, a very humorous bias against GA or piston poppers, and, and that kind of rubbed off on me in a not in a mean way uh, or a malicious way, but uh, you know, to each their own. I mean, I know several guys who are GA mechanics who are fantastic, who just love it. And but I, I decided to, to go with heavy commercial aircraft. So I mean, there's really no right or wrong with it. It just you know, to each their own. Next email comes from Alan. Alan writes. How did you enjoy the Timco Heiko merger? So I assume Alan might be either ex or current Timco, or well, could be ex Timco or current Heiko employee or whatnot. Knows something about the merger. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Heiko is a large MRO company overseas, came to the United States and bought out Timco. Timco became Heiko Americas. As far as the merger, the merger ultimately ended up with Heiko dissolving line services, which meant I lost my job, as did, what was it, close to 2,000 other mechanics that worked for Heiko, that worked for the line service division, lost their jobs. So that wasn't cool. It was a great experience because I took that job as the maintenance provider for in Colorado Springs. 
contract and maintenance to Timco slash Heiko, which who is paid paid me, and I provided the maintenance for fantastic company. The manager who oversaw the Colorado Springs base for the side of things was was a great guy. I, I loved him. He was just excellent. The regional manager and some of the other higher-ups for the HACO side, in two words, were ass clowns. Typical example in which I will have a, a, an upcoming podcast to discuss, typical example of managers whom got those positions because they were silver-tongued and because they wore really thick knee pads, if you get my drift. They had no business being in those positions. Besides that, it was a fantastic job. I did enjoy it. I mean, they had its moments, of course, like any other job, but uh, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Next email comes from Barb in TN, that's Tennessee. It doesn't look like uh, she, she just put it in the subject line. She doesn't have anything in the, uh, in the context of the email. Okay, well, Barb, feel free to reach back out to me. Let me know what your question was. Next email comes from Deb in Denver, another Denverite. Question is, what's the worst thing about being an aircraft mechanic and what's the best? Yeah, I could make another I could make another two or three podcasts based off those questions. But that's the purpose of this podcast, right? I share, I you know, you guys share, we all discuss what it the reality of, of what it's like being an aircraft mechanic. The good, bad, and the ugly, right? So let's tackle what's the worst thing about being an aircraft mechanic. I don't know if there's any one thing. I can tell you what frustrates me as I, I did previously. Incompetence, arrogance, unprofessionalism from poor mechanics. People that, that had no business getting into aviation maintenance. People who are just pathetic at their jobs and people who got away with it. I've worked for several supervisors or managers who had no freaking backbone. There is a thing where poor mechanics in the industry, they eventually wash out and they, they find themselves at a, a cozy company where they feel safe with their inappropriate behavior. And it's frustrating. And I know it frustrates other mechanics to to be around those type of people. But the harsh reality is, again, that they exist and, and it's, you have to cope with it. You have to deal with it. As far as being an aircraft mechanic in of itself, besides some of the environmental, atmospheric conditions you might work in, people at times, you know, that's that's going to all be for a later podcast. As far as performing the job of an aircraft mechanic, you can have long hours. I've worked 30 plus hours, you know, almost 36 hours straight before. And this is when I was working for Timco slash Heiko at that is, you know, getting parts, waiting for parts, research of parts, doing work in the shop, taking the work out to the plane, going back and forth. I mean, that was, uh, oh, you know what that was? That was a hail incident. We had some of the largest hail ever recorded in Colorado, and it uh, severely damaged the aircraft, you know, almost to the point to where it was unairworthy. Uh, we had to get engineering involved, Boeing involved, et cetera, et cetera. That's what it was. So it can be very, very long hours. Pay-wise, it all depends nowadays. Companies will pay far less for three ill-experienced mechanics than they will for one highly experienced mechanic. That's a business decision that they make, and that's becoming more and more prominent. 
But back to actually performing the work of an aircraft mechanic, I guess the second worst thing is getting hydraulic fluid or sky draw in your eyes. That sucks. Or getting it on your hands and then you go to urinal because you didn't wash your hands and then burn in your nuts. Yeah, always carry castor oil. Uh, you know, there's on the job, you know, hazards, obviously. When I was at that MRO in Tucson, we had a fatality out there. That was, that was awful seeing that. People do get sucked into turbine engines. It does happen. Matter of fact, it was, that was several years ago. There's a fella in Dallas. He got sucked into the engine. It does happen. But yeah, sky draw, getting sky draw on you and long hours, it's, it's a part of the job. It's what happens. What's the best? Doing what you love to do, I think, is the best. I enjoy working on planes. I enjoy the, the challenge that presents itself when you have a plane that's either soft or hard down. It's the challenging aspect of working through a problem and resolving it as quickly, efficiently, and with the utmost quality that you can. That's that's one of the best things about it. And you know, I have met very good friends through aviation, very good guys. So yeah, it's uh, I would say off the top of my head, that's probably the worst, the best as far as performing the job. But these were all great questions, and to those of you who I, I either didn't get to or wasn't able to really answer, feel free to, to email me back and we'll discuss, uh, and I'll, I'll try to get you the best answer I can. So yeah, th this was a, I really, really, really appreciate everyone's input. I appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. We will see you for episode four. Remember, you can email me at apmechanicpodcast.com at AOL.com. That's AP Mechanic Podcast. One word at AOL.com. Link is in the uh, the title description of the episode. And again, I, I really do appreciate everyone listening. Hope you guys take care. We'll see you next time.